All right. Um, so welcome to Somewhere in Horror, a podcast dedicated to all stories within the horror genre. It sounds like it froze. Did it freeze? Yep, you're frozen. Oh, shit. Um, oh, there you go. I got okay. you now. There we go. All right. Yeah, this is Somewhere in Horror. All of my podcast is dedicated to all stories within the horror genre. Um, today we have a special guest. And feel free to uh, introduce yourself. Uh, uh, thank you, first of all, for having me. I really oh, uh, appreciate it. Um, I'm Daniel J. Volpe. I am a Spider-Punk extreme horror author. Uh, some of my more popular books are Talia, uh, Left to You, and my newest book that just came out a few months ago is Plastic Monsters. All right. And yeah, that's the that's the review that we're going to be talking about today. Um, honestly, I have been reviewing only like, I would say a month or two now. And this is by far one of my favorite reads. Um, oh, cool. I've read like Dathan Auerbach and some of like, I'm slowly getting into the extreme horror. The first, the next thing I'm going to be reading uh, within the horror genre was um, I'm going to be reading Modern Hysteria by Aaron Beauregard, which you guys have a podcast together uh, written in red. And that's where I really like heard about all of you guys. Um, But I heard about you guys initially, actually, I think, you posted initially in Books of Horror on uh, Facebook about uh, the praise that you were getting for Left to You. And that's what really brought my attention to you. But um, yeah, I have been looking at your stuff off and on, trying to figure out what I'm going to buy next um, recently. But the one that I almost bought was Billy Silver. Uh, and then I saw Plastic Monsters as just, just this cover, man. Like, how did did you did you do this art? No, God, no. I am a, I am a piss poor artist, so I uh, I hire people. Uh, okay. that, co- that cover, that cover, left to you, gift of death, and only psychos were all done by Don Noble. Um, Don he Noble. does he does the majority of my art for my covers he's uh really really spectacular really easy to work with and sometimes i have kind of an idea of what i want but for plastic mm-hmm. monsters i kind of just let him go with it i told him i was like it's uh uh plastic surgery body horror i have no idea what to do so have at it and the man is very talented and he did a great job there were so many different things that could have been that cover like honestly the way that you described the the i'm not going to spoil any of it but the final bit of mm-hmm. what actually happens to our protagonist um right. i wanted to see that cover of just that monster and um it was gorgeous disgusting imagery <laughs> um and it's so detailed like i i can't even begin to fathom how you you came up with such a such a macabre thing yeah it was uh it was fun to do and the ending i changed a couple times that wasn't the original ending i kind of danced around a couple other ideas kind of wrote them out and i'm like i don't like that doesn't feel right and then when i finally got to that ending i'm like all right yeah this this feels right like this feels justified and uh i was like i want to make sure that 
that people know what happened and how how brutal it was yeah so i wanted some obviously graphic detail yeah absolutely um were there any like other alternate endings that you remember that sounded like good but not perfect like this ending was i mean yeah yeah without without spoiling the ending i had a couple of other ones one other main one that some people wrote to me are like oh i'm glad you didn't go that route and uh, i thought it was just too easy of a way out for for our character so i was like you know what i'm gonna go with something a little different i'm gonna throw people off with it and i'm still gonna deliver hopefully a very powerful ending oh it was it was beyond powerful um i i do want to ask if by chance you can send me that alternate ending because i'm very interested like uh i don't honestly i don't think i i don't even know if i have it saved a lot of times i don't save like every single thing i literally would just be like all right i'm just gonna delete this and write over it because it'll never see the light of day so there's no reason to keep it absolutely understandable there's only one scene that i ever wrote that i cut out of the final draft of a book that i kept and that was a scene in talia that i wrote it and i was like this is it's too graphic and I was like, I have to cut this out. And I cut it out. And it's probably about a thousand words. And it's Man. brutal. And is, there, is there any way I can get that by chance? Uh, I have to see if I, I have it floating around somewhere. It's probably, it's in my, it's in my file somewhere, but um, I'll have to take a look for it. But it's, if you read that book, I can tell you exactly what scene it is. And okay. uh, it, I pretty much elaborate a lot on one specific scene. Yeah. I, I So I will go by the release, like chronology and i will get billy silver and read through that and then go through talia and then i'll message you and let you know uh but uh absolutely uh fantastic uh book what was was there any like inspiration that you got from any other like horror that started this because one of the things i did notice was the way that you talk or uh, pamela rose talks about beauty um really gave off an american psycho kind of vibe where he talks about uh the business cards or what they're wearing only she was like look at that face look at like that complexion look at those implants uh did you get any inspiration from any other horror oh yeah absolutely like i have i have american psycho somewhere back here in all my books yeah there it is um so yeah, definitely. Like even the name of the company she works for is yeah. based on uh, American Psycho. So I, I kind of wanted people to get that that little Easter egg and that little hint of what I was getting at with her. And I kind of wanted her to be like, almost like my Pat Bateman character, but she's doing this shit in real life and not you know in her head. Um, definitely. I mean, I'm inspired. All these books behind me for anybody that's watching this can can see a lot of them are horror, like mainly this this whole section over here is all horror this is all fantasy and sci-fi and then some more like war books and whatnot but um yeah I, I take inspiration from everything that i read everything i watch things i see and uh some days it just it just clicks and i get a story idea and this was one of them i got the idea a while ago about like a plastic surgery horror and uh i was like you know what i really want to do something like this and it just kind of grew and grew and grew and then Finally, I think for NaNoWriMo last year, I was like, oh, I'm going to start writing it. And I knocked out, like, I didn't finish it, but I think I knocked out like 30,000 words. Wow. So I got a good, I got a good amount of it done in a month. And then I banged the rest of it right out. That, that's fantastic. Um, 
the the other thing was like I liked one of the things that I did like about this book was in the beginning I thought oh it might be like a younger girl because it really starts out with her perspective as a teenage girl um and I kind of almost wanted to see her uh not not saying I, I want a different book but like I thought it was going into the direction of her um bullies getting her their comeuppances in a much darker way and her meeting the plastic surgeon in a totally different atmosphere where she after being bullied and after destroying her lips um that is one spoiler i will i will go ahead and say (laughs) Uh, (laughs) she destroys her lips in the freezing cold to try and get beautiful and get her skin tight um i thought the next thing was going to be her in the hospital with the um plastic surgeon and that would be her start of plastic surgery like obsession but it it kind of gave off a carry vibe where I just was like those bullies need to get something coming and um I mean there's still a perfect wonderful play um wonderful uh payoff to the bullies and I love that it's in part two which is part one's called beauty is and then part two is pain but seeing the well reading the description of what happens to her main bully is just man that is brutal yeah i I thought i thought about the whole bully thing um it was kind of an afterthought and i thought to myself like maybe i could do something with them but then i don't mind tropes and cliche and stuff like that but getting vengeance on a bully is something that is like a cathartic thing where you're like man i really want to see that happen absolutely but taking vengeance on somebody as innocent as mm-hmm. the other character you're kind of like that's kind of messed up like i want yeah. people to get that vibe or they're like damn this, this person really doesn't deserve what's happening to them exactly i i so. definitely understand where you're coming from with that oh oh before we go forward um i don't know if can i curse on here because I'm, I'm trying yeah, to yeah uh, i i say fucking shit uh, okay, i just want to make sure i know some podcasts are a little bit more yeah uh, pg-13 kind of stuff so i tend to just do what i want uh this is more for fun than for uh money uh i i know that like i i know that other podcasts also do it for fun and money but uh where where i'm at right now i'm just doing it for fun shit kind of deal so if you make sure i don't say anything if you need to cuss or want to cuss um I also love the nickname of the bullies called the cunts. Cunts, yeah. That was just like, yeah, that's exactly who they are. Yeah. Those girls, uh, funny thing is, is like, I, I don't, I'm probably older than you, but that was my, my high school time. And I graduated in 03. So I graduated girl- uh, 2012. Uh, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a little older than you. Uh, <laughs> so those girls are loosely based on girls I went to school with. Oh, so I'm like, oh, obviously I wasn't bullied, you know, in a, a female perspective like Pam was, but I was like, oh, I could base it. I had, I had some cunts I went to school with. I was like, maybe I can base it on them. And uh, my wife, I went to high school with my wife and um, I was like, what do you think about this one? And I'll, I'll just change the name. She's like, oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully. Uh, well, let's not wish bad on any bullies. No, but... they did. They did just fine in life. And I'm sure yeah. they're. They're perfectly well-adjusted adults now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? So part of your written and read podcast, a lot of what you do is like talk to 
different authors about like what inspired them to write or their methods to writing what initially inspired you um to just just write in general um i've always been like a natural storyteller like i just love it i love to tell jokes and you know break balls and i I love i love telling stories and ever since i was a little kid i've loved just writing them out i don't know what it is um, I know that my love of horror started very young, like in my Amazon bio, you read like my grandfather accidentally rented me Nightmare on Elm Street when I was four yeah. and uh, scared the shit out of me. And, <laughs> um, so that's where my love of horror started. But I, as long as I can remember, I was writing and writing and writing. And a lot of the stuff I wrote when I was younger was fantasy. I wrote a lot of fantasy stuff and long fiction horror has, was very difficult for me. Uh, I was always based um, doing a lot of short stories until I wrote Billy Silver and Billy Silver is not terribly long, but it is 26,000 ish words. Mm-hmm. So that was my first crack at it. And I was like, man, I can, I can definitely do long fiction horror. Now I kind of had, I kind of cracked the code in my own brain and um, it, it just took off from there. And all the books that I've written that are published. So Billy Silver up until plastic monsters were all written between 2020 and now. Wow. So yeah, I cranked them all out within probably said, Probably much when COVID started, I think in like March of 2020 up until now. And this year alone, I've written over 200,000 words. That's fantastic. That's, that's insane. Because yeah, like, I'm not saying I'm not doing comparison, but that's almost like Stephen King level of like, I'm just throwing books out, writing left and right, writing all these stories. Um, it's, it, it's very impressive to be able to dish out really good books left and right. Cause all books of horror like talks about is like Billy Silver left to you and like Talia. It really is. Those are your three big ones. And I know um, I was listening to this recent podcast that you did with Jay Wilburn um, Mm. that left to you even got an award. Uh, I forget which one, uh, but I do remember seeing that it was like an award-winning thing and to be able to just dish out all these books and even start winning awards for it. That is, that's fantastic. That's Thank really cool. you. Yeah. Left to you was nominated for a Splatterpunk award this year. And I won the inaugural Godless. I don't know if you guys, if you've heard of Godless, uh, the website, it's kind of like an underground indie horror yeah. website. Uh, I won the inaugural award for the best novel through voted on by my readers who I wouldn't be here without them. Absolutely. So uh, they really, I was really, proud of that book it's actually been out now for almost a year um october 30th which happens to be my birthday uh it'll be a year since it's been released wow that's that's really cool man um man i came on here like nervous i had my list out but it's just kind of i feel like i'm not i'm flowing a little yeah. better than i expected shoot from the hip because like you know like when, when, I, when you're in the face of someone that you're hearing about left and right from people and like, it's, it's a big deal. Like, I, I know you're still, I, I don't know your numbers even, um, but like, you're still relatively new to horror, but it's one of those things that like, to, to even just hear from authors that you're like inspired, like I've, I've read your story. I want to read more, but I also want to be able to do this myself. Like, it's a big deal. Like, I'm, I'm not saying you're like, well, let, let me put it in, in one way. Um, Jay Wilburn said it best 
as I was listening to it uh, the other day, I think I became a maven to, to you because um, I read your thing and all I want to do is tell people you need to read this. It's extreme and it can go past that level, even, even not even gory parts, but um, there's one part in this book about sucking uh, his, uh, the, the plastic surgeon sucking his teeth after a very rough morning and uh, discovering something that shouldn't be there. Uh, I, that turned my stomach and that's been stuck in my head for days. Um, but it's one of those books that I think anyone that is in horror should check it out. And it should even be there. If, if you're going into extreme, I say might even be a starting point. Um, by chance, do you have any thoughts on where you would start personally on extreme horror if you were someone new to the genre? Um, it depends on what end of the pool you want to jump in. If you want to kind of start dabbling a little bit with extreme horror and you're like, I don't know if I really want to go like full blown, like Edward Lee kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Richard Lehman, some of his books, I'm not going to say they're tame, but they're a little bit tamer okay. to jump into. They're, they're not horrific some of them are pretty graphic obviously um jack ketchum some of his stuff is pretty good not too graphic uh brian keen obviously excellent and then some of my buddies you know um like aaron Beauregard writes pretty hardcore he, you know he's, he's up there and um i'd say like roland bercy jr if you wanted to read some of roland stuff his stuff's pretty short um great characterization has some hardcore scenes in it as well same thing with carver pike um, starting with the um, his Diablo snuff series, A Foreign Evil is the first book. Fairly short, has some hardcore scenes in it. Nothing too crazy, but it will kind of give you that that taste of the the extreme. And then if you're kind of good with that and you want to move up the ladder a little bit, um, you know, obviously you could check out some of my stuff. Some of my books range from very hardcore, like Talia. Like Talia is really gross, really violent, uh, very very graphic sex. Uh, Billy Silver is the same way. Billy Silver is a lot shorter. Um, Awakening Blood is is up there as well. But then you have some of my tamer books, like Plastic Monsters. I consider one of my tamer books. Yeah. Um, Only Psychos is actually fairly tame. But Left Left to You is my most mainstream thing. And then like Christopher Triana, his stuff is very very good. Another one that's kind of some of his books are pretty hardcore. Like um, oh my god, what the hell is it called? Full Brutal, excellent body art. Uh, West Southern's got some good ones as well. And then when you get to like top tier hardcore shit, mm -hmm. I'm talking like Ed Lee, uh, Rath James White, some of Shane McKenzie's books, Ryan Harding. Um, that's when like Ed Lee is the, the godfather to me. Like he is, if you want to get the most vile, disgusting shit with a really great story, Ed Lee all day. Any book? Um, Again, he ranges because he has some stuff that's fairly tame. If you want to go for something that is like not gonna, not gonna crush your entire world, um, uh, let's see. I mean, the big head, the big head, and Honor of the Threshold are two of the most hardcore books you'll ever read. They're fucking gross. They're vile. The big head is super violent. Um, header, header's another good one. Ooh, up here. Um, monstrosity monstrosity is probably a good starting point if you want to get into ed lee not too hardcore 
it's not quite on the big head level, but it's still gonna you're still gonna know you're you're reading Ned Lee. All right, awesome. Um are there like is there any specific like films that really brought out um your love for horror by by chance? Obviously that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, just being a kid and seeing that. But I think one of my all-time favorite horror movies is like the OG Candyman. Um, oh, hell yeah. I watched that when I was very young as well. And it scared the shit out of me. Like Tony Todd in the parking garage where he starts talking. Uh, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, that one was good. I mean, I loved Friday the 13th as well. Like all of them, they're just cheesy and corny and mm-hmm. full of bo- boobs and violence. So <laughs> as like a teenager, that was those were great. Um, and then when I start getting into more of the the quiet horror stuff as I got a little older mm-hmm. and I start really using my imagination. Like I grew up, I live in suburban New York and I grew up in like the woods. So like the Blair oh, Witch sure. Project scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, because I have camped overnight deep in the woods as a kid, as a teenager in a tent and, you know, with a couple friends and, you know, you start hearing shit and it's probably all natural stuff, coyotes or whatever, but scared to ever living piss out of me. And it still does, even as an adult. I'm almost 37 years old, and I watch the Blair Witch Project. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, I go outside at night to let the dogs out. And I hear something in the woods. It's probably a deer or a coyote, but you still like, fuck this. If I see like a stack of stones or sticks, I'm out of here. Absolutely. Um, any any major fears that you yourself uh, have that you've ever written about? Uh, not really. I mean, my biggest fear, obviously, is like losing my my family, like my kids, but yeah. like personal, like phobia kind of things. Like I, I don't like dark water. So like when I say that thalassophobia, whatever it is, where yeah. there's like the picture of somebody on a surfboard and then there's like a whale or a shark underneath them. Mm-hmm. That just gives me, I, I still go in the ocean and I'll still boogie board like a maniac, but um, seeing dark water um, years ago when I was a teenager, we went tubing in the Hudson river, you know, towed, towed around behind a boat. And I was holding on for dear life and I ended up eating shit at one point. I fell off and I'm in a life jacket and the, the Hudson River, if you've ever seen it, is just gross and it's dark. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the water and I, I couldn't see my feet. And I'm like, I'm just going to look at the sky until the boat comes and gets me. And I'm like, if something eats me, I hope it fucking kills me quick. And yeah. I was like, I, don't, I, I was terrified. But um, yeah, the water, definitely. Yeah, I when I was younger, um, I definitely had no fears. And then I drowned. (laughs) I drowned in my neighbor's pool because I thought, hey, you know what? I can swim. I couldn't swim. Uh, (laughs) I was one of those kids that wore the life vest and even the floaties just to make sure. And I was like, I can swim. And then I drowned. And from that point on, I was like, nope, I'm staying, staying away from water. And then when the ocean, when I started going towards the ocean and boating and I was just like, yeah, um, I would much rather not ever do this again, especially like going on cruise ships because I don't know what's under me at any time, let alone um, like if there's something that is going to eat us, not just me, us. Um, One of my big things was always like Lovecraftian stuff Mm. um, because of that fear of the water, because there was always something involving cosmic horrors underwater um but i don't know i i think one of the other big fears that i absolutely loved with this book and it's again towards the end it's teeth um i watched 
a thing on Shutter talking about the 101 scariest movies of all time. And one of the things in, I believe the second or third episode was um, one of the people being interviewed was like, you know, uh, Giallo horror really aims for the three big uh, sensory fears, which are teeth, nails, and eyes. Um, You kind of hit all three of those fears, uh, eyes oozing, teeth being destroyed nails being pulled out of their beds with just in this book um has body horror always kind of been something that you liked writing or has it been like a newer thing to you um i'll mix it in every now and then i try to throw a little bit of body horror into everything i write um this is one of the I don't have a few books that have no supernatural elements in it. And this is one of them. So I'm like, if they're not going to be able to do anything supernatural, I was like, I got to really go for the body horror and make people get that little bit of like a cringe. Um, the tea thing. Fuck. Oh, I, I hate that. Like, I think I'd rather have something. I don't know if I'd rather have something in my eye or something in my teeth. I don't know. But uh, body horror, I think affects everybody. You know, yeah. there are certain things like some people aren't scared of ghosts. Some people aren't scared of monsters. Some people aren't scared of this. But the thought of having your teeth pulled out or your mm-hmm. something poked into your eye, like that, that kind of has that human visceral effect. Exactly. So that's why I kind of think body horror hits home for me and why I like writing it. Um, yeah, I honestly, this is my first big foray as far as going into like body horror with writing, like in, in, in reading terms. Um, but something about watching everything get torn out or or remembering like for example uh in hostel part two the guys getting like has his whole dick and balls just being tugged by uh the protagonist and she has a just giant fucking knife ready just to rip it off yeah. uh, to survive Um, remembering that scene and then reading your book and having that specific scene um in the book i was like holy fucking shit no fucking way did he just go there yeah god yeah i was talking about that hostile scene today at work i was bullshitting with some of my friends we were talking about we were all the other day we were talking about horror movies and i'm like oh yeah this this and this and are out and i'm like Man, I was like, I, I loved hostels. Like, remember in Hostel too when she cuts his dick off and, and the dogs <laughs> rip the guy apart in the elevator and they eat, a, they eat his dick and everything. And he's like, Yeah, that was fucking gross. I'm like, Yeah, that was a great scene. <laughs> Did you have you ever like told your coworkers or offered your coworkers to like read your story? Or has it is your work environment a little more tame? Uh, oh no, they they've all a lot of my friends have read what I've what I've put out. They I got a lot of readers at work, so they're uh, they're fans. They come out and come to signings and hang out. Usually, they just come to signings and just drink, but whatever. They sometimes they buy a book or two. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you ever plan on having any like uh, California excursions for like any signings out here, uh, along with like any of the other extreme writers? Um, I don't know. I'd have to find something that'd be worth it because at the end of the day, you know, this is moneymaker for me and yeah. you know if it's something that if i'm going to go out somewhere to especially flying because i'm obviously not driving from new york um if i'm going to fly somewhere it has to be really worth it for me to go out there to try to make the, the money back on the trip i mean short of it being like uh like if i got called by hollywood and like hey we're going to come out here and 
talk to you about this to make a movie. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll eat the plane ticket to come out and <laughs> hang out for a week. But um, I don't know. I'd like to do some traveling in the next year. I know I'm going to Virginia. Um, I have plans to potentially go to Texas and Tennessee. Okay. Um, but as for that, I haven't really looked too much into the West Coast. I know Seattle has a really good, I don't know if it's CreepyCon. No, CreepyCon. I forgot the hell it is. They have a pretty big convention out in Seattle. Mm-hmm. that i was considering you know in an upcoming year or so yeah but it'd be pretty cool i've never been there either i've never been anywhere in the west so it's it's a lot hotter and a lot more <laughs> uh, a lot more sun out here I, I i've heard oh yeah new york is I, lo- I love the northeast like i like my seasons i like the cold absolutely for, so, for me it's just literally uh out here in california it's straight up it's either 80 degrees one day and then 70 degrees another day, or it's just straight up 90 degrees for like a month straight. Uh, there's, there's like no stopping this kind of weather. Um, I don't know. That was the thing. Sorry. Um, there was uh i guess i have a 10 minute i have a 40 minute time limit um yes zoom only lets you record a certain amount unless you buy something i think i don't know yeah i'm sorry about that pause um that's okay we'll keep we'll keep talking until we run out of time all right we got Um, nine nine minutes 21 seconds to get as much good shit out i just honestly it's it's just really cool to just hear any of the shit that you want to talk about um or that i i ask um yeah i mean as far as going out to california as well um there's only a few really big like there's there's big like conventions especially in the la area um you did mention creepy con that's always uh in the inland empire um that's got a lot of attention and they do a few creepy cons uh i think it's like either sees every three months or it's like twice a year. Um, and then there's also Midsummer Scream. That would probably be one of the better bets as far as convention wise, because Midsummer Scream has just the some of the biggest names, not only in horror, but like you get to see the local scene as well as some of the haunt stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's if you're ever coming out here um as far as like the scene i i feel like a lot of people are willing to go out of their way to go visit you guys out there though uh share their love for the uh the books and stories that you guys have written yeah east coast has definitely been good to me um last year scares that care author con or this year early in the year yeah uh, it was phenomenal like i met so many great people readers writers um we drank a lot. We hung out. You know, it was a really good time. I'm going back next year as well. So oh. I'm really, look, really looking forward to it. It's the uh, last weekend in March. I think it's like March, the end of March, beginning of April. That and where, where is that located? It's in Williamsburg, Virginia. It's the Scares That Care author con. And uh, it's all authors. There's no like celebrities. Wow. There's no artists. There's nothing like that. It's just all horror authors. So fantastic. Yeah um i've i've honestly never heard of that so that's that's really cool to to know that there's 
something out there for just horror authors because mm-hmm. that's one of my big things is trying to find like uh, authors out here that are doing signings or um different conventions and there there is but not as many as out there it seems um yeah but that's a really cool that's a really cool premise to have that kind of convention um i'll definitely be checking into that and seeing if that can work somehow (laughs) yeah it's a great time uh the beauty of the internet though nowadays is that you know, you can get signed books from a lot of people, myself included. Like I have a website, it's a uh, djvhorror.com and you can go on there and order any of my books signed, personalized. Uh, I have some cool swag shit. Like I always keep all these like, like magnets of all my book covers. I oh, yeah. them with all your books. Um, so that's the great thing about, you know, nowadays is that most of the authors are pretty open. A lot of us have websites cause we, we genuinely, we want to give cool stuff to the readers because I'm a reader. First and foremost, I'm a reader. I have a bunch of books that are signed behind me and I've gone out of my way to pay that a little bit extra because I'm like, man, I really love this person's work and I really want some signed books of theirs. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really been a great scene um, in the indie horror world. Okay. Um, I think I have two more questions. Um but I'll save the last bit because the last bit's always like, well, not the last bit's always, this is my first interview. Um, I always want to make sure that you get to promote anything that's coming out or any of your other links. Um, actually, uh, we have five minutes left. Um, is there any upcoming horror that you personally are into or are looking forward to as in terms of viewing or reading by chance? Um, you know, I know Aaron Beauregard has Playground coming out. That looks awesome. Yeah. I was at his house recently and I saw the proof of it and it looks badass. Uh, you know, I know the premise of it. Uh, Carver Pike, another good friend of mine, has Kin of the Fallen coming out. That looks pretty outstanding. Uh, movies, you know, I think I'm going to go watch. I might watch Barbarian tonight. I'm not sure yet. My wife's not a big fan of horror movies, so I kind of have to pick and choose when I watch them. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, anything that Ed Lee puts out, I'm always looking forward to it. Ronald Malfi has a few books out now that I haven't gotten to yet. And um, I really like to read Fairy Tale, uh, Stephen King, because he's obviously one of the main reasons yeah. why I'm doing this. Master of horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, he's a fucking man. Some people hate him. Some people love him. I love him. I think, you know, most of these shelves are Stephen King. I have probably four rows of books that are just Stephen King. So I still have yet to build my personal uh, collection of his. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then still four minutes left. Um, I'm not trying to count the time away. I'm just trying to make sure that we no, no, I know. Sure enough time. Um, let's see. I, I do have to say, if you are looking into re- watching, um, watching Barbarian, I'd say check it out. I did do a review of that one. I mean, it's not, I did like a triple feature catching up with like what I had missed the month prior because I just started the uh, podcast. Um, but I definitely would say if you're into like kind of seeing stupid people get stupid shit coming to them. Yeah, that's not her. <laughs> it's it's very much that. And it's it's a fantastic kind of like, oh shit, that's what's going on. <laughs> and oh shit, this is what's gonna happen next. Holy fuck. Um and especially like if you're into more of like uh 
actually I'll, i won't spoil that for you uh, i'm trying yeah. to i'm trying to keep that uh that that away from you uh because i know some people don't like spoilers and i definitely uh understand that um so we have about three minutes left uh but anyways let's get to the big question is there anything coming out on your end any books coming out or any anthologies that you want to talk about yeah, absolutely. Um, so myself, Chris Trion, and Aaron Borgard have started a little little underground horror collection that we call the Obituaries. And we released Obituaries 1 and Obituaries 2. These are privately printed, not available in digital format or anywhere else, um, only available on our websites. And Aaron's website is sold out. So I have some remaining at djvhorror.com and Chris has some at trianahorror.com. And there's only 400 of them made. Um, when you get one, you get some cool swag, get a magnet, get a bookmark, you get some stickers that's out now. Um, we have the third issue of that coming out Christmas, which I'm wrapping up my Christmas story, which is just fucking crazy. So that one's going to be huge. And then in December, I have the sequel to a gift of death coming out called black hearts and red teeth. That's my vampire novellas. Awesome. Yeah. I love that one. The, the sequel I think is fucking awesome. It's really, really brutal. Um, January, I have a, a book come out with Aaron. We did a nice, cool, we did a writer's retreat together, upstate New York, and did a really cool book together. That'll be out. And then in March, debuting at Scares That Care Author Con. So anybody listen to this, this will be the only time, first time you'll be able to buy it. Talia 2, Halls of Blood, Holy will shit. be out for Scares That Care Author Con, and I will have the first copies available there. Awesome. Um and then if anyone that is listening that is new to you specifically wants to follow you, where can they find you? The best place is Facebook. It's just Daniel Volpe on there. Um, find me, send me a friend request. Um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I'm all there. Either DJ Volpe or some iteration of that. Uh, if you want to email me, DanielJVolpeHorror at gmail.com. Feel free. Email me anytime you want. And of course, if you're a writer or you just like reading or hearing stupid shit, uh, written and read podcast on all major platforms and YouTube, which is great because we just video ourselves being morons pretty much. Amazing. All <laughs> right. It has been fantastic to getting to talk to you and I really appreciate this. Um, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you, Just Justin. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Have yourself a good day. Okay. Thanks. You too. All right.